we're back here on Inside Black and Gold, and it's that time. It's mock draft season. Ah, you know, I like. I hate mock drafts. I'm gonna be honest. They drive me insane, and it's not because people get it wrong. It's because by the time the draft rolls around. There have been so many mock drafts and there's consensus mock drafts and this and that and like Daniel Jeremiah and Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and they have their mocks and then you see like, oh, these are the top players available and blah, blah, blah. And then the draft comes and it's like, well, this isn't the player that's on that's next on the list. They did it wrong. Like, and it's like, no, because these are these are guesses. These are guesses. A lot of them are educated guesses, but they're still guesses. And so, like, when I use mock drafts, it's more about how am I differentiate? How am I making a decision between player A and player B? Not, okay, this is the objectively correct player to draft because that just does not exist. All that said, we're going to go through all the players that people have decided are objectively the best player to draft for the Saints. And this first segment's going to be at 29. The second segment, we're going to be talking about 40 and 112. And it's a little confusing when you go through because some have it label 30 some have it labeled 29 you know right. but it's going to be the 29th player off the board and I, I guess i'll ask there's 23 mock drafts here one position was drafted twice as much as the next highest position what position do you think it is offensive line no running back nope corner nope defensive tackle yes all right interior <laughs> defensive line of the 23 mock drafts eight of them were defensive tackles or nose tackles or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Then the next highest was edge rushers, which you had four of them. So half of these mock drafts, half of the 23 mock drafts I looked at have the Saints drafting a defensive lineman. And I think part of that is and it is the Dennis Allen effect. And the other part of that is like, I am interested to see how much of the draft strategy changes without Sean in the building. And we saw it kind of last year, like, you drafted a wide receiver in the first round. It's not something that Sean did very often, right? You obviously did get Brandon Cooks, but you know, traditionally speaking, he was looking at, to build through the lines. Does that change with Dennis Allen in year two? And you know, you obviously have a lot more of the Dennis Allen staff in there now, right? So he's going to lean on them, but they're going to have different inputs than the kind of trained Sean Payton staff might have had in the past. So I, I do think it's interesting, but the mock drafters clearly think defensive tackle is where the Saints are going to look. And it's hard to disagree. Defensive tackle was a very weak point for this team last year. That's what I was saying. Shame on me for saying being so long to get to defensive tackle because I agree that interior needs uh, a lot of work there. And there's there's questions, obviously, with just who's going to be even around next season for this team. There were three defensive tackles who got picked multiple times in this draft. No one, I'm sorry, in this mock roundup, no one w- appeared more than twice in any first round. But the guys who were picked multiple times, Brian Brzee, which I think is on partially because he's got like a similar name to Breeze. I don't know, but it's B-R-E-S-E-E. And he's the defensive lineman out of Clemson. Then Mozzie Smith, defensive lineman out of Michigan. And Kalasia Cansey, I don't know if I'm saying that first name right, a defensive lineman out of pit. I think all three of those are really intriguing options. I don't know a ton about Brazil because I have didn't get to watch a lot of ACC football and they kind of sucked. So it didn't really didn't really get to me, but I looked up a few of his clips before coming on here and I yeah, I can see the vision there. Just a, a behemoth of a man 
And you look at some like the, you know, Dexter Lawrence is a guy who you might be able to compare him to another Clemson guy. And if you watch any Giants games, he's a game wrecker. And you see like you can understand why it would kind of annoy people because interior linemen in general just don't have that kind of like sexiness about them where they're going to be making these huge plays. But when you have a true game wrecking interior lineman, it changes the game. And so I, I think those all three of those would be interesting options. With Brissy, the the you think he's someone though that would really legitimately be around at twenty nine? Well, that's why it's tough. Like I have no idea who's going right, to be around you. at twenty nine because there's so many variables. But traditionally speaking, interior linemen are not the top end picks off the board. So yes, unless, I think, unless you're, I guess, truly you know upper echelon elite. Yeah, and so like I think. Will all three of these guys be available at 29? Probably not. Will right. one or two of them be available? Yes. And that's why your draft board is important. It's not just, okay, we're picking this guy and no one else. The whole like Kevin Coster draft day thing, which is just comp- no no team has ever done that. At least not a good team. Maybe maybe the Raiders. Maybe like maybe the, the Al Davis Raiders, where it's like, oh, Darius Hayward Bay or no one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. And so there were two other players who got picked more than once. One of them, I think, is a mistake, and that's Drew Sanders, the linebacker out of Arkansas. This team is not drafting a linebacker in the first round. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why you would right there. Especially, you're going to probably be spending money, some money to bring back a guy like a Caden Ellis. So I, I don't know about investing even uh, more draft capita into that position, and I, I don't know if that is a top yet on the in this year's draft board kind of deal i mean i I don't know like it's possible right like he might he's going to be one of the top linebackers available i just think conceptually you've seen how this team wants to build its defense and that is drafting the lines drafting the safety position the cornerback position and then you're going to sign linebackers like that's what you do um they did draft pete werner in the second round but that's that's a rarity that is not going to be what they're going to do every year and it's also not a need. It might be in two years when, you know, presumably DeMario Davis is retired at some point, but right now it's not. So I, I think that's a miss. But more than one person decided Drew Sanders. I just think it's like like the Saints haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since Stefan Anthony. And, and that would change this year? I don't know. It's not like he got like bumper pools, like an all-time great name coming in. No, it would have to be something obviously where... Uh, I'm not. They're they're enamored by a guy like Drew Sanders. I guess obviously could happen, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's why you know the combine's coming up, and we're going to get a much better picture of of who teams are drawn to. I think, and you know, so there's going to be workout phenoms, and you're going to people are going to fall in love with them. And uh, but I, I still I don't I never look at linebacker in the first round. I just don't. It's just not a position that the Saints draft. But moving on, th- this next player who was drafted multiple times. I think is a very realistic target if he's available. And that's the Osiris Torrance, who is an interior offensive lineman out of Florida. He was another guy who was picked more than once. He was at the senior bowl. He was very impressive. And the only question I have isn't like whether the saints would be interested in him or whether that he would be a good pick for them at 29. It's does he make it to 29? Cause I think he has been that impressive. Yeah. That's definitely a name that playing around with the different, mock draft simulators is someone that's been in my my cone of availability at 29 and is definitely 
obviously on, on the radar and interesting just because I know that Saints fans usually, you know, groan and roll their eyes when the Saints end, end up going offensive linemen in the first round. Yeah, and, and I hate it because it's usually the right pick. And <laughs> one of the reasons you think you end up with, it. A, with an interior lineman at that point in the draft is because there's a point where you're trying to draft at the top of the position tier that you are. And a lot of times the interior linemen are kind of pushed down by teams knowing that they need a tackle. Right, knowing that they the left tackle of the future is the most important position, and you can be a little creative with your interior linemen. And so you might get it, you might get a discount at that position, but it is still wildly important. And um, I think that you know, if if you're someone who also complains, th- this is the thing. If you are someone who is constantly complaining about Andres Pete and that he's never available and he's always hurt, you can't also complain when they draft his replacement. And that's what this would be. It is a another young first round lineman who is going to shore up the weakest part of your of your offensive line. And I think it would be a great get. He's also a local guy. He went to UL and then he followed Billy Napier down to Florida. So, you know, and he's also you've got the SEC experience, right? You you kind of check that box where if you can if you can block the pass rushers in the SEC, you can pretty much block anybody. So I, I think he'd be a he'd be a good get. And I think the other we talked about another kid from Michigan who could be a later round take as a center that could transition to guard. But I think all, th- all those five picks are interesting. Um, some of the others that I thought were interesting was Bajan Robinson, who's a running back out of Texas. Yeah. I find it hard to believe the Saints go at running back at 29. But if they are really concerned about Alvin Kamara's availability, maybe they tilt. I don't think it's likely, but... He's the top running back on the board, I think. So you'd be if you're going to do it, you better get the top guy. Yeah, and it, do you think that? I mean, there's a chance he he might be off the board even by then. I, I know that the running back position has been devalued so much over the years, but I feel like Robinson probably won't be there for the Saints. I, I wouldn't imagine he he would be, but that that's it's. I guess it's a possibility. But Jamar Gibbs is another one that comes up to me as a name, and I guess. Maybe more of a second round running back for them. I, I I don't. I'm not really sure on where Gibbs has been landing in mocks. If if even I guess having two running backs go in the round one is pretty unlikely. He is here. He is one of the picks okay. in in one of these mocks. But I don't think he's a round one guy. Like it's just very very rare where you see mo- multiple running backs go in the in the first round. And I don't think this is going to be that year. But I think running back and wide receiver are the two positions that really pop the most at the combine because you get right. to see the athleticism and you get to see the 40 times and you get to see the agility. And so I think if you're a running back, like Leonard Fournette wasn't going to be a top five pick until he showed up at the combine weighing like 235 pounds and running like a 4-4-40, <laughs> right? Like that's when he became a top five pick. But like that's, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if that happens this year. A few other interesting ones, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. I think that's unlikely. Derek Hall, edge rusher at Auburn. Siaki Ika, defensive lineman out of Baylor. He's another popular pick. Yeah, that's been one that's popped up a lot of my my you know simulators. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba. And anytime there's an Ohio State player who's in the vicinity of somewhere the Saints can go after them, I'll look at it because you'd be foolish not to. But I just cannot. There's just no way that I will co-sign 
a mock draft that has the Saints drafting a wide receiver back to back years. I don't care. I'd be on board with it just because I want to see uh, Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister see this the name in Jigba and Jigba. And just, I guess once you know how to say it, it's not as intimidating as it's spelled. Yeah, I mean, the the temptation to have a all-Ohio State receiving core is probably, you know, up there in the list of things the Saints want. But I'd be surprised. Kayshawn Booty is also on here. I think that Kayshawn Booty is a bust, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, the Saints aren't going to draft him. And I think he's probably a, a day-two wide receiver who's going to go day one because this is a pretty weak wide receiver draft class. I just haven't seen anything out of Kayshawn Booty that feels like it's a wide receiver, like a like a first, like a day one wide receiver, other than that game against Ole Miss two years ago. Right, you say that, but watch the the Chiefs will take him with the last pick in round one, and it'll end up being a sensation over there. Well, I mean, he's going to be. I think he's going to be good. A first round wide receiver is a stretch to me. Like you're talking about Justin Jefferson, right? Ceiling, exactly. Right? And uh, yeah, but I mean, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt just because of how good LSU receivers have been, right? Like there's been so many good LSU receivers that it's basically a wide receiver factory at this point. So he's going to get that, you know, that little push up, right? Like everyone wants a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, an Odell Beckham Jr., or Jarvis Landry. So why not? Why can't he be the next guy? But I, I, feel I, like, I don't see it. I feel like though there was, I mean, at least locally, there was a big obvious disappointment from him this season and it just seemed like there there was some kind of strife there was some kind of issue with brian kelly from the start that kind of got smoothed over and they were trying to work, it seemed work through things over there but it, it i don't know it just never felt like booty was on board with what the new realm regime was bringing in kind of thing I mean, he's not a guy. If you were starting a team from day one, you would not pair Jaden Daniels and Kayshawn Booty. So for that alone, it just didn't work very well. Like Jaden is not like a hyper accurate guy. He's going to hit his first read. He's going to run a lot of the time. And Kayshawn's a guy who's trying to get open, right? He's trying to extend, like get downfield. And it just didn't, it wasn't a good combination. That's why I was surprised when he initially said he was going to come back. Cause like I, I think anyone could see that that was not an ideal combination. Um, but yeah, so going on, you know, those are the really the interesting picks. There was also Zay Flowers, a wide receiver out of Boston College. Again, I don't see the Saints drafting another wide receiver in the first down, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do maybe on day two go after a wide receiver. What about that? Kid, name. Uh, did you mention the tight end at all, Michael Mayer? Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in the first round for the Saints. They got uh, Dalton Kincaid was the tight end here. It could be okay. a position that they go after, especially now that they brought in a high-profile tight ends coach, but um, Michael Mayer's not on here. Tui, Tua Paluto, Paluto, yeah. <laughs> edge rusher out of USC, Cam Smith, quarterback, South Carolina, Derek Hall, Auburn, Lucas Van Ness, defensive lineman out of Iowa, and there was one more. Oh, Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, 12 of these picks were defensive linemen. Three of them were wide receivers, which surprised me. Two of them were interior offensive linemen, two running backs, one, two defensive backs, a linebacker, and a tight end. And that's yeah, the I, roundup. I, I couldn't see them going edge rusher again this year in round one kind of thing. Now, and one one position that's notably lacking, quarterback. Yeah. I think that's, that's interesting. Right. That says a lot. Like, not a single – like these are 20, 23 mock drafts from unaffiliated sources. Like, I go through NFL Mock Draft Database, which is a great site if you haven't checked it out. They He just – compiles all the mock drafts from all these sites. 
I go, I tend to like gravitate toward the higher profile ones. And I'm like not grabbing every fan-sided mock draft. Right. But, um, you know, you're talking about a lot of CBS sports, a lot of, uh, like the draft network, pro football network, Athlon, stuff like that. And so that's where you ended up. Not a single one of these said, okay, we're going quarterback. Um, wow. And I think that's partially because of the names available at this point. You're not talking about uh, Anthony Richardson. You're not talking about Will Levis. You're talking about Tanner McKee and Hendon Hooker and guys like that available. And not a single one of these mock drafts had the Saints going after one of those names in the first round. So that could change. Yeah, I know. But I Hendon- think it's interesting. Hendon Hooker's definitely been the popular one that, and we've talked about, I think, too, if if the Saints really do think he is their guy, pulling the trigger in round one for a guy of his talent isn't out of the question. Well, I mean, I don't think they will. But if they identify him as that guy, right, then they could. Right, I, I don't think that will be the case. But, like... I don't. I also don't think that if you identify a guy and be like, "Oh, we think he's going to be our next franchise cornerstone quarterback," that you just say, "Yeah, oh, we'll wait until 40. Yeah, we'll wait until the second round. I don't think he would do that because, well, like, the, fundamentally, it doesn't make sense. The, the more I thought about it, too, just to have that fifth year option, obviously, is huge too. Yeah, especially for a guy who might take a little while. Yeah, yeah. Although exactly. you've seen, like, the Giants didn't even pick up Daniel Jones' fifth year option, so maybe it's not as worthwhile as it sounds because it's like. <laughs> It's not a cheap option. It's like going to be like $26 million because it's like the average of the top 10 salaries at the position. Right, right? right. So it's like, I mean, you're not really getting a discount. It just gives you a little extra time to come to that deal. But yeah. All right, let's wrap that segment up, and we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these second and third round guys. And I also want to talk about a potential trade option. we got some, some odds on, and uh, we can close out with that. But all right, stick around on Inside Black and Blue. 